0: Whether we're seen as a Pinterest mom, the gunner mom, the go-go mom, like the corporate mom, the everything together mom, we create a story for ourselves and our mind, and then we feel like we have to live up to that. But I started saying, is it that I like the work or is it the business card?
1: Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Joining me today is host of the Mom's Exit interview, Kim Ritberg. Kim was a media exec at Netflix and People magazine. Kim pivoted her career in life through being minimalistic and intentional. Kim recognizes that women are looking for more flexibility, more fulfillment, and are ditching corporate to find it. So many of us struggle because we say yes to everything, but really need to say no to more. We feel overloaded because we aren't being judicious. Being intentional with our time and choosy about how we focus is so important. For those that are new around here, I release bonus episodes that serve a niche part of my audience. So if this topic doesn't fit what you're looking for, join me back here next Tuesday for a conversation that you don't want to miss. All right, let's get into this conversation with Kim. Kim, welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Why don't you go ahead, and introduce yourself to the listeners, and then we'll get into our conversation. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm
0: Kim Ritberg. I run my own content strategy and on-camera media coaching company. My podcast is called Mom's Exit Interview, and I help moms craft careers that fit into their lives instead of the other way around. I sort of came to doing all of this because I spent 15 years working in journalism and marketing. At the birth of my second son, I was in the hospital, literally working. I was leading a big team, and I was on my phone working as I had the IV drip in my arm. And I just was like, this isn't the life for me. Like, this is not what I was meant to be doing. And so ever since then, I decided I'm going to work for myself. And my goal is not to be like a nine-figure entrepreneur, but Rather to craft a life that I'm excited about and find joy in every day and
1: has balance. So far, so good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like you're killing it. You're doing an awesome job. And you live in New York City, right? Yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Okay, cool. Well, that's fun. That adds such a flair, I'm sure, to your lifestyle and doing this too, meeting a bunch of different types of people, fun people. So, what I love is since doing mom's exit interview, I feel like
0: obviously everyone's more comfortable on Zoom now because of the pandemic, but like I've met people from places all over the country and because you're meeting them and interviewing with them, I really know people that are in other cities that I would never normally meet that I've met through the podcast. When people send in feedback and notes and I get to just have a snapshot of other people's lives and also help them in their life a little bit, it's just been really fun.
1: No, I can tell, I can tell. So for you, you came to this moment where you were in a hospital room and realizing you wanted to make some life changes. So you got intentional and you simplified what was unnecessary, which is what I talk about in regards to decluttering. I think I want this episode to be an encouragement for people that are, I guess, just looking to cut out extras that are unnecessary. And I think we can just take on so much. I know I've done that recently, but I think we can take on so much, feel overwhelmed and then not know what fat to trim, so to speak.
0: I could not agree with you more. I feel like I, like so many of us are yes people. We want to make everyone happy. And even when we're not aware that we're trying to make people happy, that that is kind of what drives it. So I was one of those like full yes people. A, I like to be in the middle of things. So I was the kid in high school. I was a student government president. I was volunteering for this. I'm an extrovert and I like to be in the middle of the action. And then as I started working in my 20s, there were like things I wanted to do. So for example, I was working as a TV producer. And then on the weekends, I was trying to launch a jewelry business Mm -hmm. and I was getting opportunities to show my jewelry. I mean, I was working seven days a week for like many weeks, especially in the holiday season when, you know, it's busy for jewelry stuff. So I was working seven days a week and I was in my 20s and I wasn't married. and I didn't have kids. I didn't necessarily mind it. But as I entered this new life stage, I was like, Oh, the maximalist living, the say yes to everything, The every experience is a good experience and learn from it. I agree with that conceptually, but it doesn't serve me anymore. And I think that looking at things and saying, oh, wait, I can still be the same positive, raise my hand person. Raising your hand doesn't always have to mean saying yes. So like I've sort of taken that with me and- in the last few years, really, since I had children, I started the phasing out of things. Like I definitely removed my other commitments. I for sure stopped having a side hustle even before I had kids. I was like, How am I gonna have a full-time job aside hustling kids? That's not gonna be a life. I'm not gonna have any energy for my husband. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna have any energy for my kids. I'm not gonna have any energy for any of my own hobbies, which like when you're a mom, you can't necessarily indulge in those so often. But I can't even have brain space for that. So I started to like whittle those things down. But in the last few years, I've really like last year. I I seriously applauded myself because someone called me from an organization I'm involved in and they were like, would you sit on this committee? It's going to help these people do this thing. And I like this organization and I like the people. And I just said, you know what? I love you guys. I love helping. This is not a time where I can give that. I was launching my podcast and had clients and I was so proud of myself. It felt like such a small thing, but saying no to being on a committee is something that I think, was harder years ago. And it seemed small, but that was a big win for me. For someone who says yes so quickly, like another small example, I had a job, I was working in TV. I was the writer for Greta Van Susteren for his cable news show. And it was like a really good opportunity to be her writer. I liked it. I did it maybe for a year. And my boss said to me, you're doing a good job. We're happy with you. So-and-so is moving to California It wouldn't really work for him to have his current job, but he'd be interested in being a writer. Would you want to switch roles with him? And I just was like, yeah, that is how am I saying yes to switching a job without saying pause? Yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Let me sit and think with it. It ended up being fine. Like it was good that I switched. I ended up having another opportunity and then I ended up liking that job. But why was I saying yes to something without pausing and saying like, does this serve me? Is this right for me? Will I be happy? And I think just that sort of knee jerk gut reaction to saying yes to things has shifted. And I think that has brought me to a much better place.
1: Yes, I have been the same way in my life. And I think at this point, probably the biggest conflict with that, despite having three kids and managing minimalist moms and homeschooling. Yeah, all of that is my husband It's like you're doing life with someone else. And I do need to get his input And nine times out of 10. It's go do it go what you think is best for your business or best for the kids like he is on board with it. But I think that I was finding that there was not enough space to say yes to all these things. And then I was depending on him to help out with the kids. But then he has his job and his side hustle. And Yeah, we're both doing a lot. So I think when you're combining your life with someone else too, you have to reevaluate. And as you're adding kids, you have to reevaluate. I was telling someone the other day, each child that you're taking care of is someone that is taking your energy. Regardless of if you want to do that or not, I love my kids. I want to give them my energy, but it's still someone taking energy from me. I just can relate to a lot of the things that you're saying. And again, right before we hopped on, I feel so bad for my listeners because I keep telling the story over and over again. I promise that I'm going to start cutting out the story that I'm moving on to new and better things, but just taking on too much saying yes to too much in the fall. And then it felt like at almost 35 years old, I should know better by now. I don't know how I didn't understand what my boundary or what my capability was prior to now, but it did take me 35 years to learn that.
0: I totally agree. And I think that it's, it's sort of cutting down the expectations. I think a lot of things, and this is something we explore so much on mom's exit interview is, and it is related to being minimalist because it's cutting down other people's expectations or what you think are other people's expectations. And I think that was a big thing for me. We all have this thing, whether we're seen as a Pinterest mom, the Gunner mom, the Go Go mom, like the corporate mom, the everything together mom, we create a story for ourselves in our mind, and then we feel like we have to live up to that. And I think getting rid of that thought, because first of all, it's in our head. We have no idea what people think of us. And that's okay. It's actually probably good. (laughs) It's good. I don't want to really want to know. You just have to be out there living your life and saying, Do I enjoy this? Does this serve me? Does this serve our family? Getting away from the other stuff. Because I think that for me, I started being intentional and minimalizing my life when I started saying, Actually, I like what I do. Like in terms of a job, I've been lucky. I had 15 years in media and marketing. So when I quit corporate, I was the head of video for Us Weekly. I worked in branded content at Pop Sugar. Before that, I was a TV news producer for 10 years. So I had a really cool career and I liked most of it. You know, I yeah. enjoyed most of it, not every single job, but I started saying, is it that I like the work or is it the business card? Is it that Kim Ritberg at Netflix.com is going to get a response and that's exciting and I'm invited to cool things? or do I like the work? And then I really started to parse out like, what of this is my identity? And what of this do I really care about? And honestly, it was like a long process because when I knew I wanted to start working for myself, I still took two more years. I took like two other jobs, short-lived jobs, but I didn't really, I still was working it out. How much of my identity was married to a business card or an expectation I felt other people had of me. And then put side and actually realizing like, I have two kids. I'm not even going to events that much. I'm not really invited to events that much anymore. Because once you become a manager, you're less like in the weeds on red carpet stuff. And like, I wasn't really invited to such cool stuff anyway. But I also realized I don't actually care. Anyone who's not taking my email, because it's me, versus the email address, those aren't really like my true friends or good work contacts. Like people who really like and respect me will communicate with me no matter where I am. And then the other thing I realized is as I started building my business now, I realized I am loving teaching people what I know. And that's been like a huge breakthrough of like, I now work with Real estate agents and small business owners and professionals who are trying to put themselves out there. Maybe they have a side hustle or they're a virtual assistant and they're trying to put themselves out there more. For me, being able to apply that and teach that to them has brought me so much joy. And I never really would have thought about that when I was working in corporate, but I don't need to be like, oh, I'm the this and that of Us Weekly Magazine or I'm a Netflix executive. Actually, I'm really like doing good work and I'm helping other people and I'm helping other people make money and be proud of themselves because some of what I do is on camera coaching, giving them confidence and realizing like unlocking their potential. And so I just think the whole realignment and just identifying what I really want and then being intentional with those decisions and sort of blocking out the noise. It's been a really amazing four years for me.
1: You have to definitely work through, as you say, it was an identity crisis of who am I and what value do I bring in this space? And I think that that's hard for our ego sometimes. And it's just not easy. I, I'm sure it took time to fully process that. But then when, again, once you come out on the other side, it's it's like, why did I even value that in the first place? It's superficial. It is so superficial. And when we know that, there's just emotion tied to it.
0: And you're only really questioning when you're sort of at that crossroads. Not only did I separate my identity, the other thing was I had to acknowledge, and by the way, I am from New York, where is like mm-hmm. the hustle capital of like the universe. Uh-huh. And I had to be like, oh my God, I don't want to work nine to five, which in New York is like nine to seven. I want more time with my kids. And I'm not going to pretend that my sole goal in life is to build my business to make it huge and to make as much money as possible. That's actually not my driving force. It's kind of funny because no matter where you're from, there is the expectation of where you are. And I had on my podcast, like one of my guests in her community, Uh it was like being stay at home is the norm. And if you work, you're totally like an outcast. And where I am, not that many moms are stay at homes. It's some... And then some people work maybe three days a week or have negotiated with their job to work different shifts, like seven to two instead of the regular hours. It was a really big shift for me to be like, no, you know what? I'm going to be in this in-between. And so what? You might not understand what I do or how my schedule works. That doesn't matter. And now I've really scheduled my life so that on certain afternoons, I can get my kids play with them, take them to the playground, just have chill time with them. And that's been some of the sort of minimalizing of my life of being like, this matters to me, I'm gonna take out more, I'm taking out blocks of work time, I don't have to be a workhorse this year, next year. And that has been just unbelievable. And so I think the identity crisis and where that brought me is the realization that working more and following and doing what everyone else is doing is like not serving me. And so striking things out, taking things out of my schedule only making a schedule where I have only certain days available or hours available for clients. And I don't have to explain that to anyone because this is my business. And I think that minimalizing my life, offering only so much of my life to other people, it's just changed a lot. It's changed my mentality. Unless I have a client who really needs something that's urgent at eight o'clock at night, I'm not meeting at eight o'clock at night. That's not how this era of my life is. And it's been awesome. And you know what I've done? Because now I'm living in this other in-between where I run my business and I'm really helping people and I'm loving it. I'm now building a different community of there are people who are in the in-between. I have a boxing class Wednesdays at 930 that I've been kind of gathering other parents who work on their own schedule or are stay at homes or whatever. And we're all going to boxing at 930 on Wednesdays. And now I'm trying to get like a Friday morning tennis class going with other parents. And there is community and I'm able to build it, but you have to really seek it out and find it.
1: I want to get to practicals and what it looks like for you On the day-to-day basis. So you have explained kind of how you got from here to there, what your values are at this point, but how does that work? What does that look like in action? How are you being minimal in your life choices and with your kids? And again, I've heard your story. I feel like you're giving me more than even I would have prompted you for. So that's great. But I just want the practical steps on how we can start doing this. My biggest tips
0: that I would take away from like my own life and experience is to say no to more. And that's both with my children and also in my business. And I also advise this for my clients as well. So I'm going to start with like actually how I talk about with my clients, because then it like morphs into all of my life. So when I work with clients about video strategy, I am like, identify the only two things you want out of content as you make them, put that on a sticky note on your, on your computer. And if your goals don't align with that piece of content, don't make that piece of content because your time and your money will disappear. I'm applying that lesson that I've used for 15 years that I now help with clients to my own life. So when I am asked to be on a committee, I have to look at my two sticky note bullets. Mm-hmm. Is Does that align with what I want? Does that be on that committee align with what I want? Not forever, but for now, for this month or for this quarter or for this year. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And Mm -hmm. I don't explain myself. I just say, no, thank you. Thank you so much. Maybe another time kids' obligations, things like that. If it doesn't align with what I need from that moment, it's a no. The other thing is with client relationships. So figuring out what sort of jobs I will take on. I had some offers for really interesting projects. It would have for sure put me over the amount of hours I was able to work at that time or wanted to work at that time. I got a really interesting opportunity. And I'm like, thank you so much. Let me get back to you. That's something I had to learn. Thank you so much. Let me get back to you. And I started thinking, okay, this month I'm launching, this was last year, I'm launching my podcast. I have this other client project and that's pretty much it. That's all I could fit in my schedule. And thank you so much. I cannot take on this project. And I'm really using that core thing where I have my sticky note with my two bullets. And if it doesn't align with that, it doesn't happen. And I think it's hard because a lot of us want to say yes to everything. You want to say yes to the experience. You want to say yes to the money, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. When am I going to do this work? I'm going to do it at eight o'clock to 1030 every single night, 1030. My husband's like, get in bed or I'm going to kill you. You know, like (laughs) It's just not going to work. And so on a day to day, that is what I do. I actually am trying to like live the lessons that I give my clients in my own life. And it's about strategy. It's like the strategy of my video content and business is the strategy of my life of how I want to get there. And. And I've been also just like looking at what is each half of the year look like the summers. I'm trying to scale it down a little bit. How does that impact how I am doing business development or looking for clients in the spring? I'm only going to take on a certain number of clients. I'm not going to launch a class in the summer. So really like in a tangible way. And then the last thing I have for being minimal is that calendar. I'm really, really crazy about my calendar. And I really have only a certain amount of hours that I open up and make available for people. And I do a shared calendar with my husband and I block off times that I know I want to be with my kids and I invite in my work calendar. Otherwise, it's just not going to get done. And so otherwise, I'm going to look up and be like, oh my God, those three afternoons across a few weeks that I had promised to my kids got booked up by a client meeting. What? I didn't mean that to happen. So some of the minimalizing is being intentional and realizing I have to be in on my own computer, blocking
1: off the times so that I can give that time to my kid. When we say yes right away to someone, and then we have to go back and say, actually, it was a no, I feel like that's more disappointing for the person we're saying no to than if we say Pause. I will be right back and let you know whether that's in a week or maybe put a deadline on it for yourself. But I think that that's something I've tried to do in my late 20s and even just establishing that now. I'm going to either not say yes right away or I'm going to say yes and I'm going to follow through. And You can't say yes and follow through well if you're saying yes to everything.
0: Totally. That's such a, an adjustment of my mind. I'm like, oh, not only... Am I saying yes to something that doesn't serve me? I'm not going to be my best participant. And then they're not getting all of me. And maybe someone else is going to get of 110%. And that's a better match. And I think that's something that has clicked for me more as I've run my own business is when I was younger, I felt like job interviews or like if I would pitch the press for something for my jewelry business, I always felt like this begging, please hire me for this job or please feature my jewelry in this magazine. But what I've realized now that I'm running my own business is actually a match, a mutual match. And on certain projects, if a client comes to me and they're at the right stage, age, I can help them. And we're the perfect match to work together. If it's someone who's like building their own business or building their own side hustle, and they need to show up more on camera and they want to build their business with content, we're a perfect match. But if it's the wrong person, I'm not the right match for them. They're not the right match for me. You're helping them by freeing them. It's like a bad breakup. And then the other thing is my husband actually, because we are different. I used to be a maximalist. Yes. Person. I love color. Like my house is full of color and I'm very (laughs) like, I'm an extrovert and he's a little more shy at first. And he comes from the math world. Every decision, he will take his time and think about it. A few days, not months, but that has been such an adjustment for me in married life and in family life. But it's been good because I've learned to pause because my instinct is to take it in, think about it, but make it answer like decide within a day, if not the hour, but like within a day. Because I worked in news. I worked in TV news for like nine years. You had to just make a decision, move on, make a decision, move on. So I got used to that rhythm and it's been helpful for me to have a partner who thinks differently and gives me that space
1: to be like, oh, wait, give me a second and let me think about it. Absolutely. And that does take time too, I think, with spouses. My husband and I used to get in petty bickering arguments back when we first were married and now we've learned each other's behaviors. I think the Enneagram has been helpful for that. I think that personality tests in general can sometimes be helpful for that. I know that's silly. Also just getting to know someone better. I think that you start to learn and view them through a certain lens, but this is great. I love these practicals. Do you have any other word of advice you'd want to leave with listeners and how to encourage them to, I guess we're looking at being, like I said, more intentional with yeah. what we need to cut out. You said to me, I really liked you said this to me when we were communicating earlier, you said, we feel overloaded because we aren't being judicious. I like that word. We have to be more judicious.
0: It really is. And the other thing, I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot specifically for work, but also for myself. So I'm building my business, but I also am online making content for my own business. And I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed by social media and showing up for social media. If you're trying to build your own personal brand or a side hustle or business, There are a lot of ways to do more with less. And I think that's an important thing is we in this world of short attention spans and overloaded with content There's just a constant influx of content at us. And it makes us think, I need to create content all the time. I need to be on social media all the time. And the best thing that I've taken with me from being in media is do more with less. If you want to be out there, be out there. Put yourself out there. I think everyone should put themselves out there, whether it's just to connect with other people, to build community or to build your business, be out there. But you can do more with less. So when you're applying that idea of how do I do more with less, both in my life, but also with content, with social media, with building my brand, with building community, for example, for video stuff, you can sit down and you can film nine short videos within an hour. And you can spread that out across four to six weeks. Make a couple posts that are pretty with photos or infographics and spread that out within those same six weeks. And then you're not on this hamster wheel a constant churn, a feeling like you have to be doing that. Obviously, it depends like how much you're putting yourself out there and how much that's a part of your life. But I do think this whole idea of hustle more, go, 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 it spreads to all of us. And I think it can really damage our sense of balance and our sense of peace, because when you can't be off the phone or you can't be off of your marketing or branding or building your whatever for several hours, you need that unplugging. And to unplug, you need everything else going in the background on repeat. So... I think about that a lot because I now teach that to people, but I'm trying to do it in my own life too. I don't want to be on social media all the time. I don't want to be on social media all the time. And it's a part of my job. And so how can we sit down and do more with less and be off of that hamster wheel of constantly making and posting and making and posting. So that's something that I've been like hyper aware of for my business and for my clients. And I'm really teaching them how to do that, the step-by-step, because I think that When you harness the ability to do more with less, those open slots of time become the moments where you're taking a walk by yourself or you're bike riding with your kids. I think it's not just a business goal, it's a life goal Mm -hmm. to clear more of your schedule from work, to harness those open blocks of time that's unstructured, Mm -hmm. because that is, I think, those unstructured blocks of time is where the joy comes.
1: And that's critical to creativity too. If I'm constantly thinking about what I need to do, I find that I'm less... Creative versus for what I do, for example, I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna block this time and I'm gonna create content for an hour. But if I'm doing it throughout the fall and even last year, before I got into better habits with it, it'd be like, okay, it's 6 a.m. What am I gonna post today? And then it's disorganized. You're starting your morning off in a stressful way, or you're just thinking about it all day. What more could I create? But when you just batching our work and sticking to those boundaries that we put up. It is so important to maintain those. I'm so glad
0: you said that because I forgot to give such a big tip. One of the biggest, biggest tips of my life is understanding how you work best Mm -hmm. and structuring your calendar. I know I talked a little bit about the calendar, but to your point, one thing I think is super, super, super important is us moms, we live in that to-do list world. That list of to-do is never ending. And I hate this, but... I feel like the old like stereotype of like the naggy mom, the naggy wife. Now that I'm a mom and a wife, I'm like, do you know why that mom was naggy? It's because they were in charge of everything. They have the to-do list and no one else helps. Nowadays, I think more people help. Like My husband is a great participant in our household, but I still am the master of the to-do list. I still am the calendar holder. So I think that knowing how you work best and working in that zone, my tips to get an extra hour or two of efficiency out of any day is to block your calendar. Schedule out a deep work time. So no matter what it is, if you're writing scripts for a podcast, or you're writing scripts for social media, or you're writing a newsletter, or you're organizing your documents, or you're doing virtual assistant work, marketing work, whatever it is, that deep work where you need to truly think and be creative has to be in an isolated block. And I recommend two hours if possible, three, because it gives you a little buffer. I like to like walk around, get a coffee. My head's not in it. I have to get back into it. You know, I have to like harness my energy, but try to do deep work in a block. Block off two hours, turn your phone on, do not disturb, no social media. You tell whoever is the backup person for childcare, do not disturb me, this is my work block. All of the other to-do list, tasky administrative stuff food shopping, scheduling social media, engaging on social media, interacting with teachers, reading your emails, all of that stuff needs to go in times where your brain can multitask. Multitasking time, that also could be when you're online for the grocery store. I do a lot of multitasking for the things that don't require all of my energy. There are times when like, I need to write podcast scripts, write our newsletter, write our blog, or be thinking about clients. What do I recommend for a creative video series for this real estate agent? How should this virtual assistant promote herself better? I need to sit down by myself with a cup of coffee with no one bothering me. And everyone has that thing. So separating out deep dive work, scheduling that into your calendar, protecting it as if it's like a meeting with the president. (laughs) And then all of the other to-do list stuff, those can kind of happen in little chunks. So don't try to take a 30-minute chunk and do deep dive work. So that's been a huge help for me because batching deep dive work, whatever that means for you in your life, it will really help you because you won't feel stretched thin. Like I'm taking my daughter on a three-day weekend, my mommy daughter, baby shower weekend. And I have a lot of work to get through them before then. Guess what? I spent a four-hour deep dive block. I told my husband, do not bother me. The kids do not bother me. I have to get that done. I don't want to be on my phone when I'm with my daughter in California. So it's really, really important because it saves you. It brings you that unstructured time, which brings you that joy on the other side
1: of it. I'm so glad that you gave that tip because that's something that I've also learned in this past year. I think 2020 for me was the year of what have I been doing wrong? I see what (laughs) I need to do differently. I guess every, every day is a learning experience, but yeah, I think that's a great tip. Honestly, if I'm pumping gas, I'll create my grocery list really quick while the gas is pumping. And it's sometimes I used to do that when I would go work, when I pay a babysitter to come, I would be like, "Okay, right. get grocery list. Yeah. Never waste that deep time work.
0: Yeah. Deep dive, deep work time yeah. on something you can do when you're multitasking. That's really important. Grocery lists, checking emails, reading the teacher emails getting the field trip (laughs) stuff ready. Do not use that deep work time. That is the most precious time and you have to protect that Well, it's most precious after your family time, but it's very precious time to get uninterrupted time that you can free your brain. So do not do tasky to-do list stuff.
1: Yeah. That's great. Final word of advice. Well, Kim, where can listeners connect with you to hear more from you online? So my podcast is called Mom's Exit Interview. You have to listen.
0: We have so many amazing experts and moms who are just living life on their own terms and making careers that work for them. So they're stay-at-home moms with side hustles. They're working outside the nine to five and they're figuring out how to craft the life that they want. And if you're a professional or small business owner, a side hustler, and you want amazing tips for video or how to be more confident on camera, I have a free download and it's super, super, super helpful. I think if you have a side hustle, you need to be showing up on video because people buy from people. So I have some really, really great tips there. And all of that is on kimritberg.com. Everything links back from there. So make sure to get your free downloads there. And this was such a great
1: conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. This was great. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation.